You are listening to a sermon podcast from Kingdom City. We pray that over the next few moments, you will be blessed, equipped, and empowered to bring the reality of God to your world. Good evening. How you doing? Welcome. Great to see you tonight. Come on, why don't we give God a shout of praise tonight? Come on, give Him glory. He's worthy. Amen. 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 While you're standing, why don't we pray? Is that okay? Father in heaven, God, would you speak to us? May we all receive your word tonight, God. Speak into our circumstance, our situation. May we all leave this place filled with your presence, touched by your love and inspired by your word. In Jesus' name, say amen. 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 You can grab your seat. It's good to be with you here in Wangara. Oh, man, I feel like I was just here, Pastor Joel. It was just a few weeks ago. Love being in Wangara. Woo! Woo! Hey Amen. It's been who's been enjoying this fast? Come on, that sounds like an oxymoron. It's who's been enjoying it's been powerful. There's been so many testimonies, so many breakthroughs. Uh, we've had some. Actually, I was in uh, Mandra this morning, and you know, I, I, I heard five testimonies. Oh, that's not even from stage. Just people came up and, oh, yeah, I got a job. You know, I was believing for a job. It was twice what I was usually getting. You know, someone came up to me and said, oh, I had a $58,000 debt cancelled. Come on, somebody. Someone's son got saved. Their adult son got saved. Honestly, it was amazing. Someone had a cyst right in their chest and they were, had to go get surgery on it. And when they went to the doctor, they said, we don't know where it's gone. It's completely gone. Man, there's been miracles. It's been wild. Now, I don't know about you, but faith is starting to rise. Amen. I'm getting expectant and excited. And uh, I'm, I, to be honest, I probably am the world's worst faster. But I'm fasting to get better at fasting. I'm believing for a, fa- a breakthrough in my capacity to fast. And actually a funny story, Pastor Mark Lassie remembers this one. But a couple of years ago, we were doing this fast. We had a special dinner at Pastor Mark and Jemima's house. And uh, there was lentil soup there. You know, most of us were doing a Daniel fast. Uh, but for people that weren't doing a Daniel fast, uh, there was ice creams. And uh, I'm like, Lord Jesus, do not lead me into temptation. And Sue Ayers is walking around with this big bowl of ice creams, Magnum ice creams. They had the, you know, the almond chips. Those ones get me. Oh, my goodness. Praise the Lord. And so she's walking around and, and almost no one takes one, you know, almost no one. And so she puts it back in the freezer. I couldn't, I just walked over that freezer. I, I bent in, I put one in my pocket and I, and I went into the carport. No joke. The fast had started that day. It had started that morning. And already I was failing, you know what I'm saying? And so I'm in there and I, and, and I walk into Pastor Mark's carport. I'm in there, you know, kind of trying to hide behind his car and uh, I'm eating this ice cream. And lo and behold, of course, Pastor Jemima walks into the garage. The look of disgust and disappointment on her face as I tried with ice cream in my mouth to explain to her that it's not what it looks like. I don't know if that's meant to encourage you or make you... Fa- but anyway, praise God, we're getting better. Hallelujah. It's revival time. And uh, we're expectant for God to do some amazing things leading up to conference. We're expectant. We're filled with faith. You know, I've just been so focused on faith lately and just so inspired uh, about some of the testimonies coming through. You know, that so much of it has to do with faith. So much of it has to do with our faith. Now, faith really is the principal thing. It's amazing how many miracles Jesus did and then said, your faith did that. That's mate, that, that messes with our theology. No, it's not my faith, Lord, it's you. No, Jesus said, no, 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 you did that. Your faith 
it, your faith is the thing that just pulled this miracle into reality. You know, Jesus, when he was on earth, he said, listen, when I come again, will I really find faith on the earth? Whoa. That way he seemed to be more concerned about that than the world being worldly or being filled with sin. So often in the church, we're so concerned about the world having sin, which we should be. But I think we should be even more concerned if our churches or if our lives are lacking faith. That seems to be the principal thing. The most important thing that we need to keep our eye on is how's our faith levels going? How are, are we believing God? Are we taking steps of faith? Are we living by faith? The Bible says the just shall live by faith. We don't live by sight alone. Come on, we don't, but we live by faith. We walk by faith, not by sight. God's called us to live a supernatural life, to live a life of faith. And Jesus said some crazy things about faith. He said, whatever you ask for, believing, you shall receive, you'll have it. You know, he said in uh, John chapter 14, verse 12, he said, most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, uh, the works that I do, he'll do also. And greater works than these will he do because I'm going to the Father. Come on. Oh my goodness. Doesn't that stir you? Greater works than these. Like, I mean, Jesus rose people from the dead. He fed a multitude with nothing but a lunchbox. And then he rose himself from the dead. Praise God. You know, there's, and he's saying, you can do this as well. And so often, though, if we read these things, and sometimes we even hear testimonies, and sometimes we can actually be discouraged ourselves because we don't see that sort of faith in our life. We, we, we see a lack of faith in our life. Sometimes we tell us those miracles could never happen in my life. I could never do the works that Jesus is doing or he, the works that Jesus has done. I, could never, I, I can understand why they would do that, but I can't do that. The truth of the matter is, there's some good news, is that we've all been given a measure of faith. Jesus has deposited in every person a measure of faith. And there's ways that we can build our faith. There's ways that we can tap into more faith. And my hope and prayer tonight is that we would all grow in faith, that we would all get excited to get a hold of some more faith in our lives. Paul the Apostle wrote in Romans chapter 10, verse 17, So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. You might be lacking in faith. You might be feeling like you don't have faith. You might, have, you might feel like, oh, I've tried this faith stuff before and it didn't work. Well, the good news is, is that we can get some more. Is that we can get some, some faith by grabbing a hold of this verse. And this actually seems like a pretty simple verse. Seems pretty basic, pretty stock standard. Uh, 13 words, you know. But, you know, whole books have been written on this verse. There's actually quite a, quite a varying few different views on how people view this verse. And actually, over my life, there's probably three real main ways that people interpret what we're reading now. Uh, over my life, actually, at different times, I've believed all three while casting the other two or not understanding the other two, kind of just, no, this is what it means. I don't know, this is what it means. I don't know, this is what it means. But now I realize that it's like a diamond. It's just from a different angle. There's more beauty to it. There's more power to it. And I believe that as we just look at this verse, we're really just going to look at this verse tonight, that God's going to speak to us. He's going to reveal more to us, that we'll all leave this place filled with faith more than what we came in with. Someone say amen. Amen. Let's pray again. Father in heaven, speak to us. God, we want to hear you tonight. God, may we all just be impacted by the power of your love, by your grace, and we maybe walk out full of faith in Jesus' name. Say amen. Amen. All right, we're going to pull out three quick things, three ways that we can interpret this verse that will help us to grow in faith. Number one, say number one. Faith comes by the Word of God. 
Faith comes by the Word of God. What am I talking about? I'm talking about the Bible. You know, I've got a Bible here, and uh, this, this is God's Word, and this is, this is where we can see what God is able to do. Because He's able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all that we can ha- ask, hope, think, or imagine. God is able And when we read His Word, when we read the Bible, we're able to see what God is able to do. We're able to see what God sees. We're able to see what's possible as we dive into His Word. You know, we've never had more access to the Word of God, yet been so uh, complacent of it at the same time. We've never had uh, so many Bibles available, yet been so biblically illiterate at the same time. You know, people have died for this book so we could read it freely. People have literally shed their blood, not just people in the Bible, but people have shed their blood to get this book printed and, and freely accessible. But we, we, have to, we have to get, it can't just sit on the shelf, it has to be in us. It's something that has to live on the inside of us. And when we read this book, our lives are filled with faith. In 2 Timothy chapter 3.16, Paul writes, all scripture is given and it, it by inspiration of God. All of it is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, and instruction in righteousness. There's so much that we can learn from this book. In fact, people have received miracles by doing nothing more than just reading this book. Dr. Yongi Cho, he's an amazing man of God. Uh, he got, uh, when he was 17, he was diagnosed with tuberculosis. Uh, he was dying. He was actually on his deathbed. Uh, it was in Korea, in Seoul. And a young girl came selling cookies to his front door. She realized he was dying. She was a Christian and she wanted to pray for him. She was trying desperately to lead him to the Lord. He wasn't really interested. He kind of wanted her to go away, leave him alone. And uh, he'd been praying to his God, but it hadn't worked. And so he was mad at his God and he was open to another God. And this little girl rocked up at his door. And she just said, look, please take my Bible. And so he grabbed this Bible and he started just to read it. As he started to read about the person of Jesus Christ, he gave his life to God just by, no one prayed for him, no one else preached him. He never saw that little girl again. I think she was only 14 or 15, but he gave his life to Jesus Christ. Something else also amazing happened. But as he was reading this book, his body started to be healed. No one prayed for him, no one preached to him, no one laid a hand on him. Just by reading the Bible, his body was healed. Today, he still is the leader of the world's largest single location church. A million people are a part of his church. When he was saved, about 1% of Korea was a Christian. Today, I think it's about 29 or 32% of the nation is Christian. Amazing. It's amazing what the Word of God can do in your life. It's amazing what this book can do for us. But we need to read it. Come on, we're talking about fasting. Let's not just cut things out. Let's not just fast food. Let's feast on the Word as well. Let's get this book into us. Let's get a hold of this. I've been so challenged by this recently. Just this year, actually, the beginning of the year, um, Pastor Julian and my wife, they started the Bible Shred. Have you heard of the Bible Shred? Bible Shred, you read the Bible in 30 days. And uh, my wife got into it and she was reading two or three hours a day. She was just plowing through this thing. You have to do, I think, about 40 chapters a day, 42 chapters a day, something like that. And she was just plowing through this book. And uh, I went and read it in 32 days. And uh, she plowed through this thing uh, so fast. I, I was a bit disappointed. I'm like, honey, you missed two days there, you know. And, uh, but I was so challenged as she did this. I'm like, man, where's my hunger for the Word of God? You know, and, and why, why, do I, why do I check social media in the morning first instead of reading the Word of God? You know, why am I looking at it? Why am I doing that instead of getting the Word of God in me? And, and I realized that I'd actually developed a bit of pride. I thought, I know the Bible pretty well. 
you know, people sometimes, you know, my wife would say, oh, you know the Word of God pretty well. I'd be like, yeah, I know it pretty well. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. But I realized that if you think you know the Word of God, you'll stop reading the Word of God. The Bible's not a book you finish. It's a book you feed on. And so as we, as we dive into the Word of God, it's amazing the faith that it builds in our lives as we get this book inside of us. Come on, if we want to be a person of faith, we've got to read the Word. Say, read the Word. The Bible is the foundation of our faith. That's point number one. Point number two, if we want to be people of faith, we have to, we have to look through the lens of Christ. Have you ever heard anyone talk about rose-colored glasses? And everything they look at is rosy because of the glasses they're wearing. They think things are a certain color. It's not. It's just the lens they're looking through. But we need to actually look through life, and in particular the Word of God, through the lens of Christ. What do I mean by that? Well, this verse actually uncovers it. Romans 10, 17, again, faith comes by hearing. In the NIV, it says faith comes by hearing. The message, the message is heard through the Word about Christ. It actually translates, the original text here in uh, these scrolls is it's the word Christos, not Theos. Theos is God in the Greek. Christos is Christ. How is that significant? What does that mean? Well, see, the Bible shows us what God is able to do, but Jesus Christ shows us what God is willing to do. What God is willing. See, Jesus Christ died on a cross so that we could have all of the promises of God. In fact, all of the promises of God are yes and amen to those that are what? That are in Christ. And so as we read the Bible through the lens of Christ, it builds faith. If I ask you to help me, you need to be two things. You need to be willing and able. Obviously, God is able. We can see that God is able. But through Jesus Christ, we know that He is willing. Several times people came to him and said, Jesus, if you're willing, you can make me clean. He said, of course I'm willing. Be cleansed, be healed, be delivered. You know, no one came to Jesus. I love this. No one came to Jesus and, and said, can you heal me? He said, well, listen, do you have sin in your life? Do you, are, are you, how, how's your generational curses going? Look, listen, go and sort that out. Come back to me in a couple of weeks. Live clean for a while. Then if someone came to him sick, he just said healed. If someone came to him possessed, he just said, out. He didn't say, well, how did this demon get here? You know, he didn't get angry at the person. He once got angry at the disciples because they couldn't get set the person free. But he didn't get angry at the person. Come on, somebody. God isn't just able, but he's willing. And he's willing because of the cross. He's willing because of the sacrifice that we made. See, we are under a different covenant. We are. We are under the covenant of grace. You know, whenever you say grace, people get nervous. You know, oh, don't talk about grace. People are just going to sin. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that sin will not have dominion over you because you're not under law. You're under grace. You'll be free from sin because you're under grace. And if, and if that's not what's happening in your life, I'm not sure you've got a hold of grace yet. Come on, we, we, need, we read the Word of God from the other side of the cross. And Jesus is the central theme of the Scripture from start to finish. We can see that He is the central theme. Even through the book of Leviticus, it's really the reason God was instituting these sacrifices and these offerings was just to give us a picture of what Christ would do. He really is. In the beginning, it's verse 1, 2, and 3. In the beginning was God, uh, and then He talks about, and then God said, let there be light. Verse 2, God said, let there be light. Isn't that powerful? God said, let there be right there. Jesus was in the very beginning with God. In John chapter 1, it says the Word was with God and the Word was God. Jesus is the central theme of this book. And if you read this book through the lens of Christ, you'll be filled with faith. See, this is all the Word of God, but not every verse builds faith. 
Uh Uh-oh, are you even allowed to say that in church? No, well, think about it. You know, like there's a story in Exodus, the children of Israel, they complained about the food. And so vipers came out and bit them. You know what I mean? That sounds great. You know, is anyone's faith getting stirred as we talk about the story? You know, some of you probably complained about the coffee after the service. You know what I mean? Like, hopefully snakes aren't going to come out and get us. But, you know, the point is not every verse builds faith. But, but when we read the Word of God through the lens of Christ, it builds faith. And we're not supposed to take this lens off. I love the story of Peter. He's walking on the water. While he was looking at Jesus, he was fine. When he was looking at himself, he was sinking. When he was looking at the waves, he was sinking. Jesus should be our focus. The Word of God tells us that He is the author and the founder of our, uh, author and perfecter of our faith. The start of the finisher. Come on, He's the foundation of our faith. He is the fulfill, He's the one that gives us faith and He's the one that's perfecting our faith. And as we keep our eyes on Him, we will be a people of faith. Someone say, Amen. Amen, amen, amen. See, number one, if we want to be a people of faith, we need the Word of God in us, not just around us, but in us. We need to read it through the lens of Christ and have our eyes focused on Jesus, looking to Jesus. Point number three, if we want to be people of faith, we need to be people that that learn to and grow in hearing from God. What am I talking about? You know, our God is a speaking God. Our God wants to speak to you. In fact, I dare to say that He wants to talk to you about every area of your life right now. He wants to speak to you about your marriage. He wants to speak to you about your backslidden family member. He wants to speak to you about your career. He wants to speak to you about your failing business. He wants to speak to you about it in every area of your life. Some people say, well, the word of, when you open the Word of God, that's when God speaks to you. That's a part of it, but there's actually still more. God wants to speak to you specifically. He doesn't say things that contradict His Word, and He doesn't say things that contradict His heart. Come on, we're under the new covenant, amen. People walking around, God's going to kill you. God's going to curse you. God's going to destroy this country. I don't know who they're talking to, but that's not my Jesus. You know, but God actually wants to speak to you today. God wants to speak into your situation. This verse, and again, it's all from this verse. This verse, the word hearing there literally means to hear audibly, right? The word word there means the speaking word of God. God is not finished talking yet. Jesus told the disciples, hey, I can't tell you everything now, but but when I go, the helper will come and he will tell you what is to come. The Bible itself tells us that there's more to the book. There's more that God wants to speak to us. And God wants to speak to you today. God has something to say to you today. And this is really where real faith comes from. This is how we become people of faith when God speaks. You know, if you look through the whole of faith, you know, in Hebrews, it goes through, it talks about Noah and it talks about Moses, it talks about Abraham. The amazing thing about all of our heroes, the heroes of faith, the heroes of the scripture, the amazing thing is, is that they all were people of faith, but they all heard God as well. So God speaks to Noah, says, hey, Noah, a flood is coming. I want you to build an ark. So for a hundred years, A hundred years, he starts building a boat in preparation for something that nobody has ever seen. And where did he get? He he wasn't reading the Torah. He heard that from God. You know, Moses, um, I love the story of Moses. Man, talk about faith. Like, I mean, this guy rolls up to Pharaoh, the dictator of the superpower of the land, with nothing more than a staff and a stutter, and tells him to let God's people go. 
Come on, where did he get that faith from? I know where he got it from the burning bush. God told him. God spoke to him. And God's not finished talking. We serve a talking God. We serve a speaking God. And we can hear his voice. Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 27, he said, My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. He didn't say my pastors. He didn't say my priests. He didn't say my prophets. He didn't even say my overseers or my connect group leaders. He just said my sheep. And all of us can be the sheep of God today. He wants to speak to every single one of us. I love this verse actually because uh, it, it, you know, I brought a phone up here and because um, really I think a phone, uh, somebody didn't know what this is, this is a phone and um, this is how we used to talk to each other and uh, we wouldn't sit around looking at it all day, waiting for it to ring, you know what I mean? Um, but the problem is with today's phones is you can get a lot of messages that aren't really for you. You know, I was in the Canning Valley, I shouldn't say, I was in one of our campuses, Connect Group Chats <laughs> and... Uh, and people were selling conference tickets in there. And so, hey, I've got a few conference tickets. Anyone want them? Yeah, I want them. How much? They're having this big conversation. I'm like, guys, have you heard a you know, private message, PM? You know what I'm saying? And, uh, and so someone was talking to someone else about someone else, but all this noise was coming, but none of it was for me. But when someone calls you on the telephone, you know that's for you, don't you? Hello? Yes, this is Ben. This is how he used to answer. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, great. Now, that's how we talk on the phone. Actually, they're so ergonomic as well. Like, they're really just feels right. The best part is, is it couldn't follow you. You had to leave it there. See you later. I'm out. You know what I mean? You, people had to wait there to leave a message. You know, I'll be back later. He'll be back in about five hours. No one's freaking out. Five hours! <laughs> the good old days. Remember that, Pastor Mark? The good old days. Hallelujah. <laughs> you know, the interesting thing is about this verse. About this verse. It says they're hearing. You know, this word hearing, the Greek word is phone. That's actually where we get the word phone from. What is this talking about? It's a pro, it's some, God has something to say to you. It's a, it's a message just for you. Come on, somebody. God has something to say to you today. And we have to be people that make time for God to speak, make space for God to speak. Sometimes switch off our phone so God can speak. Get away from things and say, God, what are you saying to me about this thing? And, you know, the thing is about God, He's not working on our clock. You know, sometimes we ask, God, would you speak to me? Nothing. Okay. All right. See you later. You know, no, just wait on Him. Wait for Him. Amen. He has something to say to us tonight. You know, the truth of the matter is, we can get this wrong. And I've gotten this wrong more times than I care to imagine. You care to recall. Uh, If I told them, all these stories would probably be here for another few hours. But I've actually got this wrong quite a few times. You know, I decided quite a while ago that I would prefer to be stepping out in faith rather than staying on the shore of safety and at least trying to hear God rather than living a life that's void of the Word of God. I'd prefer to get it wrong than not to listen and, and to get nothing. See, God wants to speak to us today. One of the, sto- one of the funny stories, um, I remember, it was, I think it was 2013, September roughly 2013. Uh, I was running a business, I was in ministry, and the business was kind of supporting us while we were doing these things. And we'd gone through a really tough time. It's like our income had started to dry up. Our method of selling hadn't really continued to work. We'd had some challenges with the team and the staff and a few things. And anyway, our, our sales really started to drop. 
I was crying out to God. I was praying, crying out to God. God, I need a breakthrough, I need a miracle. And I felt like God said to me, this time next year, there'll be a million dollars that goes into your bank account. million dollars. And I'm like, come on, Lord Jesus. And, uh, and I told my wife, uh, here's the thing. I, I want to just explain. So, so that's what I heard. But what I wanted it to be was this time next year, you'll have a million dollars in your bank account. Because if you're in business, you probably realize this, hopefully most of us do, that turnover is very different to profit. You know what I'm saying? Very different, okay? And uh, so, and so um, but seven figures had been, you know, similar to what we had been turning over in that business. Uh, but that was before the drop, you know what I mean? And so it kind of dropped, stagnated. And so I actually remember where I was. I was, I was in my lounge room and I was, I was like, God, did you just say that I'm going to be a millionaire next year or that there's going to be a turnover? And you know what I did? I said, no, no, this time next year, I'm going to be a millionaire. And I reached out and grabbed onto a word that was never spoken to me. And uh, 12 months later, I even set a reminder, Siri, remind me in 12 months that I'm going to be a millionaire. You know what I mean? A little reminder pops up in 12 months and it's getting closer. I'm seeing this thing. I'm like, oh no, I'm not, oh no. Oh, what do I do? What do I do? I started to panic, started to get worried. And uh, oh, maybe I miss God. By this time, I'd forgotten what God had actually said because I was so consumed with what I wanted God to say that I've missed it, right? And so I'm hanging on to something that's not there. Anyway, the year comes around. Oh, I'm so heartbroken. I'm disappointed. I miss God. Can I even hear God? I'd actually forgotten what I'd written in my journal. I'd forgotten it. It had been a year. Oh, my goodness. How could I be? Oh, does God even speak to me like I told my wife and everything? You know what I mean? Like I was expecting, I'm not going to say I did or didn't buy any lottery tickets as I got closer to it, you know, started to get a little desperate, you know. Anyway, don't do that. Praise God. And so I'm like, oh, how could I miss it? How could I miss it? And it wasn't until I was doing my tax, I think the next financial year, I looked back and I went over it. I'm like, wow, from that September to that September, we did do seven figures. I just wanted it to mean something else. But that's not what God said. And if we want to learn to follow God, we're going to have to really learn to listen. God, what are you actually saying to me? What are you saying to me? Because so often, it's so easy to misinterpret what God's saying. He speaks with a whisper. He doesn't speak with a booming voice. He speaks with a whisper. He says, hey, and why does he whisper? I think, I think he whispers because whispering is like the language of intimacy. You know, you don't, you, you don't shout at someone you're close to. You know, if you're this close to someone, hey, how are you? You know what I mean? Like, you don't. I'm just going to invite the keys up. We're going to finish up in just a moment. But it's so easy to get wrong. But I would prefer to be making these mistakes and at least learning and getting a hold of the Word of God and starting to follow His promptings for my life. There's been some mistakes, but you know what? God's spoken to me a lot and it's been right. You know, um, 12 months before... I remember I was really, I, I liked this girl. She wasn't interested in me. She liked my friend. And God spoke to me and said, this time next year, you'll be married. Uh, this time next year, you'll be engaged. And we weren't even dating. But sure enough, we started dating a couple of months later. We, got, we were engaged by that time. God spoke to me like that several times. This time next year, this is going to happen. He actually spoke to me about the building and the, the join, adjoining with Life City. He didn't tell me what it was, but I, 12 months before that happened, he said, this time next year, you're going to be in your new building. You're going to be in your miracle building. God is a speaking God. There's been some misses, but I'd prefer to be making some mistakes than learning rather than standing on the shoreline and not even getting in the boat. Come on, God wants to speak to us today. I've got a friend, he was really believing for a real breakthrough, a real miracle. 
And felt like God said to him, this, by this time in November, uh, you're going to have your breakthrough. Anyway, this was just last November. November came and went. The miracle didn't happen. And he just almost went into like a depression. He's like, can I even hear God? I don't even know what's wrong with me. I thought I was, you know, all these sort of questioning, doubting everything. And he told me this story and I told him some of the mistakes that I'd made. Hopefully that cheered him up. But, but as he's telling me the story, I said, yeah, but which November did God say it would be? Because you've probably got another 50 of them. Amen. Come on, we've got to listen to what he's saying. We've got to listen to what he's saying. God wants to speak to us today. And when he speaks to us, and when it's really him, we grab a hold of it. Man, we see some incredible, amazing things. That's what happened with Mary. That's what happened with Moses. That's what happened with Joseph. That's what happened with Noah. That's what happened with Abraham. All of these people heard God speak. That's what happened with Saul. All these people who became Paul. All these people heard God speak and saw incredible things because they were living their life, hearing the Word of God, and it brought about faith that made a big change. This is actually what happened with our senior leader, Mark Verigas. Heard God speak, moved to another nation without a visa, one-way ticket, sold his house to start a church in a Muslim nation, just on a word from God. Just on a, and look at what God has done. This is, what, this, is the, this is the current champions of faith. This is Reinhard Bonnke. God spoke to him. He wasn't in Africa. God spoke to him, said, go to Africa. He said, Lord, you know, I'm a German. Why would you do this? He says, well, I've already asked a few people. They said no, so I'm, so I'm asking you. He said, God, I won't say no. And look at the harvest of souls that is coming through that ministry. Yongi Cho, all of these people, they heard God and they lived outside of the realm of their reality to bring in something that God was speaking into being. Now, I want to tell you a testimony. Can I tell you a testimony? We had a miracle this week and it's been, I'm telling you, this miracle has impacted us. It's been a great week in the Peters family. Uh, about 12 months, oh no, 14 months ago, we're at Murdoch University. Sabrina's mum was visiting from Germany and uh, she's been away from God probably for more than a few decades. Totally hardened against God. She's a little short German lady, totally white. You know, people, uh, they see Sabrina, they're not sure that that's really her mum. And, uh, but she was in church, she was visiting, so she was in church. And Sabrina leans over to me in the service and says, hey, babe, I felt like God just spoke to me. I feel like God just said that if we move mum over here to live with us, that she'll sit in, our, in his presence and then she'll give his, her life to Jesus. And she's saying, as she's saying this, I'm thinking of some concerns. <laughs> you know, not just, you know, parents-in-law, praise the Lord, you know, living, okay, hallelujah. And so... <laughs> tensions and whatnot. I'm like, okay, uh, okay, yeah, all right. Sounds good. Anyway, she hung on to that. Took us about a year, but we got her over. She's been here for about two months. She's living with us at the moment. And, um, and she's been coming to church, but she doesn't really want to come. You know, she comes in and kind of sneaks out, you know, and, and then she comes back, you know, leaves and things like that. But on Sunday, just gone at the 11 a.m. service. I think Pastor Mark was speaking here, a stream to Canningvale. And she's sitting in the service and she's sitting with Liberty, our daughter, our seven-year-old daughter. And um, so she couldn't sneak out. She was right up the back, though. She couldn't sneak out of the service. And Sabrina, my wife, she does all the new Christian stuff. So she's up the back. The altar call's happening. Julian, Pastor Julian's giving the altar call. He gives the invitation. Sabrina's standing right at the back of the room. She feels like the Holy Spirit says to her, your mom's about to put, put a hand up. And she goes, that's not going to happen. I can't see that happening. And the Holy Spirit says, no, no, no. It's going to happen. You better be ready for it. You're going to want to remember this moment. And right there, as the altar call was given, a little white, 
five foot nothing lady in her 60s puts her hand up in response to the altar call. As Sabrina, she just kind of collapses on the ground up the back and Pastor Rachel Das scoops her up and gives her a handful of tissues. Uh, Mom quickly pulled it down though, she noticed. And she just walked up and said, Mom, did you do this? Oh, I don't know what's going on. She wasn't really sure what, why she was doing it, but she did it and it was genuine. And so Sabrina walked up the front with her. Gloria was really hoping that she wouldn't be walked to the front, but she walked to the front with her. And at the altar, she prayed a prayer giving her life to Jesus Christ. And I tell you, man, this week, oh my goodness, it has been a transformative week in our house. Like we don't even recognize this lady. She doesn't even recognize herself anymore. The amount of peace that she's carrying, all the anxiety is gone. All of the stress is gone. She doesn't even recognize herself. And how did that happen? How did that happen? Man, God wants to speak to us. He has something to say to you. He has something to say about your backslidden family member. He has something to say about your financial situation. He has something to say about your destiny. And what's He saying? We need to hear Him. We need to hear His heart on the situation. Come on, God is the God who speaks. You know, when Joseph was um, was elevated to the palace very quickly, very suddenly, he was given a name by the then Pharaoh. His, the name was Zaphapaneah. And that word literally means, that name literally means, God speaks, therefore he lives. We always talk about a relationship with God. We're always talking about, oh, you got a relationship with God. Well, you know, relationships are built on communication. And some of us haven't heard God speak for years. Some of us have been closed off to God speaking because we're scared of what it would mean for our lives. But God wants to talk with you. God wants to walk with you. God wants to know you so intimately, so intimately that He becomes realer than the fears, than the mountains, than the giants in your face. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you have never entered into a relationship with Jesus, we want you to know that He loves you very much so much that He died on the cross for all of your sins that stood between you and God. If you would like to make a decision to follow Jesus today, all you need to do is to repeat this prayer. Dear God, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I admit that I'm not right with you, and I want to be right with you. I ask you to forgive me of all of my sins. I believe with my heart and confess with my mouth that Jesus is the Lord and Savior of my life. Thank you for saving me and making me your child. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, or if God has done anything in your life because of this podcast, we would love to know. Email us at testimony at kingdomcity.com.